Good evening and welcome to a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday on the Buddy Martin Show. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Good evening and welcome to a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. I am Buddy Martin, the host of this program, which airs five times a week, sometimes six. You can hear it on TuneIn Radio. You can hear it on Facebook Live, which most of you here are doing tonight. You can also hear the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and many other places. So tell your friends that we're here. We've been doing our post tease every day to let you know where we are that feeds right into the program but for some reason Facebook is not making the connection where you can go right on so hopefully you're finding us I see you're coming in tonight good evening to you Donald Roger Burns all the way over from Ningbo China Roger finds us always really good to uh, to hear from you Roger hope you're doing well over there the crown prince himself is in Denver tonight <clears throat> Brendan Martin will be out for a couple of weeks doing his day job uh, and we'll be talking to him a little bit later on. Good evening to Becky Smith Carlisle, cousin Robin Leinberger, uh, the mayor of Newberry, Nat Blaylock, Philip Cooper, good evening to you. Uh, yes, and Jonathan Anderson, nice to have, have you if you folks check in on the program tonight. Tonight we got a special treat coming up in just a moment. We'll be talking to Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel, who always fills it up around here. He answers lots of questions. He has a lot of commentary. And then later, our good friend Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, will join the program. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of things, including uh, obvious, the obvious one. You, you see on the left-hand side of the screen, we've got the logo up, the appropriate logo, Florida, Georgia. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that some as well. Uh, Tony has some interesting things to say about that and about the, the, what they call uh, the game, and also this is somewhere around his 35th. I, I don't think I could count all the, the games because I miss a bunch living in New York and in Colorado, but I'm somewhere probably close to 40. I don't think many people have gone over that in terms of covering him or being there. I'm debating whether I'll be there or not uh, for the uh, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. My buddy Chad and I are talking about it. Time to say it's awfully tempting when you can sit in front of that giant screen with a cold one and you don't have to fight the traffic, pay the exorbitant prices, and I even get a free seat. So, uh, I mean, nothing like, I mean, I'm not complaining about the prices of that, obviously, but the traffic getting there, fighting the crowds, and it gets a little more difficult. So you have to stop and think, 
do I really want to do this when I could be checking in on the scores, watching other games at halftime, or do you want to go there for the game? It's awfully tempting to say, no, I think I'll stay with what I haven't decided yet. We'll see. How about you? You be there? Uh, I want you to suspend your animation tonight and think about this for a second. And <clears throat> what if this was a magical year? What if this was a magical year? These even years tend to go well for the Florida Gators. Think about these. 1996, 2006, 2008. And there have been other ones. The 1969 team was good. 1966, Steve Spurrier's uh, senior year. And by the way, that was the year Florida came cruising in with a legitimate chance to win the SEC and the Georgia Bulldogs and Vince Dooley and that whole bunch, including Jake Scott, ruined the chances. And I think that's one of the reasons Steve Spurrier was so determined to beat them as much as he could every time he could because they denied him a chance to play for a title. So is this going to be a magical year? Mark Radout says every 10 years, yeah, maybe. But I don't know that uh, that was true in the case of several years I can remember. But, you know, every 10 years there's an, or, or less, there's a coaching change. Uh, so now it seems like things are going well, and there's the midseason awards are coming in, and um, Dan Mullen is up for one of them. We'll tell you about that as well. So why don't we go ahead and you guys get, tell your friends and neighbors that we're here. We didn't get the word out to everybody tonight like we hoped. If you'd be so kind to text your friends, say, come on over. We're going to have our, uh, our buddy Edgar on in just a moment. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, and we will go ahead and do our commercial messages. Uh, and uh, we will come back. And when we come back, we'll hopefully have our friend Edgar on the line. Let's just start with this right here. This is a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. No one ever plans a car accident. Having a plan after you've been in one, however, can make a world of difference. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. After meeting with Dan and his team, you'll know your case matters, that you matter, and that Dan will fight hard to get you just results. If you've been severely injured through no fault of your own by a careless or reckless driver, you need Daniel L. Hightower. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. There's a good evening here for you. I want to say hello to my friends from Rentstar right now. Tell you about Rentstar, the folks who uh, are always uh, on top of things in our community. They do a terrific job. Uh, Rentstar Medical Research is one of the very top research facilities in the country. They also sponsor our uh, Scott Brantley Player of the Week. This week it's Kimmo Clark um, from Vanguard. Congratulations to Kimmo. This is a terrific program. We'll pick a Player of the Year later on. And Winstar is, is in the community and involved in things like this. Uh, and we're very proud to have them there. Also, to have them as a top-notch, high-quality, patient-centered clinical research facility. Uh, they bring cutting-edge technology to Ocala and the Ocala area for things like Alzheimer's, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraines, fibromyalgia, along with many other conditions that affect our community. So uh, it's been around here a while, and since 1968, Rinstar has had over 600, probably closer to 700, clinical trials 
And that information and those studies go straight to the biomedical companies and pharmaceutical companies to be able to do a better job to treat us. If you want to know more about this and even participate in one of those trials, the number to call is 352-629-5800. Ask about participating in these trials. Also, if you want to know more about it, log on to their website, which is www.redstar.net, and find out why Redstar Medical Research, they say, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Uh, I'm sure Edgar has lots to say. He's been tweeting a bunch today. Let's check in with him and see what's going on with him. As we prepare for the big game, it's going to be an off weekend. I'm kind of glad in a way to have the time and catch up. Um, But uh, uh, I know by... uh, uh, by the kickoff time, I'll be ready for some more football. I believe we might have Edgar online now, uh, and we'll see. Well, let's see. Where are you, Edgar? Are you there? Okay. No, Edgar's not answering yet. Okay. We'll try it again. Um, so, um, yeah, the award that um, – the midseason awards are coming in. I mentioned the other night that, uh, that uh, one of the things – that uh, we're seeing are these mid-season awards. And one of them is Sports Illustrated's mid-year All-American team. Now, that's a that's a bit much. I was a little surprised to see uh, that, uh, uh, that, that Brad Stewart was on that list. Uh, not that he hasn't played well, especially with the interception. Uh, and you had other people that might you might have thought would be on them, like like polite, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, uh, and uh, even Donovan Steiner. Uh, but you can't make too much out of it because it's just a midseason award. Now the award that Dan Mullen is up for is the Bear Bryant Award, and it's a it's a there are twenty. I counted the names. There are twenty names on that on that list, um, <clears throat> and uh, on that list, and we've got. Uh, uh, some good names on it, as a matter of fact. Uh, very, very good names on it. And so uh, if things hold like they are, like I said, if you just sort of s- suspend everything for a moment, your beliefs, your animation, and say, okay, what if? What if, okay? That would be, I mean, already you can say what if because look what's happened. My goodness. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, we've seen a remarkable year unfold before our eyes a defense that we never thought would be as good as this. Uh, we've seen a quarterback who's played solid when a lot of people thought he wouldn't last six games, uh, five games, and he's playing really, really well. You've had uh, you've you've had a running game that's been one of the best, not just in the SEC but in the country. Uh, names of players popping up. So yeah, there's success happening right now. I asked a question last night, and I asked Chris Dorgan's question: If Florida doesn't beat Georgia. Can this still be a great season? And everybody says yes. And I guess maybe the use of the word there, the viable word is, of course, great. What does great mean, you know? And is great 10 wins or is great beating Georgia? I don't know about that. Let's say this. They have a terrific season, a really good season, and not beat Georgia. But if somehow that can happen, when in reality three weeks ago we thought it would be a route probably, uh, and this team needs to worry about getting to a bowl game, they're bowl eligible, got a head of steam coming up. They're going to be somewhere around a touchdown underdog, probably seven. I'm told it's seven and a half. I haven't looked at it. Uh, somebody told me that last night. That it was seven and a half. Uh, and this team is playing 
really good football. And here's the other thing. They're healthy. They don't have any major injuries. And they're trending upward. And they haven't played their best football yet. So, I mean, look, it's a uh, uh, terrific uh, uh, opportunity. This is an opportunity. You say, well, if they don't get it, uh, if they don't get it, they can always get it next year. You can't think that way. In sports, I've heard people say those things. I've heard people say they got to a Super Bowl <clears throat> and, uh, and and they were uh, they they didn't win it, and they or they missed a year, maybe just barely missed getting to the Super Bowl. They said, "Well, we'll get there." Well, no, it sometimes it goes away and doesn't come back. Think about the two thousand eight national championship, ten years, you know. And, you know, both Florida won another, and I don't know. I mean, I don't, well, no, you'd like to think that they would, but there's no givens. There's a lot of teams out there that thought they're going to be winning national championships. And guess what? They're not doing it. So uh, I do think that's something you have to factor in, is that uh, when you be- have a chance to get it, you better get it. Because it is definitely, uh, uh, comes along every so often. Uh, and, uh, and and when you miss it, you miss it. So, uh Speaking of miss it, we've been missing Edgar, but I think maybe we finally got him uh, on the line. Let's go to the hotline now. The red star. Nine ten, man. I showed up at nine ten. No, I called you at nine oh eight. But anyway, that <clears throat> uh, it wasn't going through for some reason. It was it was hanging up on me. But I got you now. That's what's important. Are you there? Yes, you are. I'm yeah, I don't know what was man. going on. It was something happening on um, on one of our ends because it kept uh, hanging up as I called. Anyway, we got you now. Thanks. Uh, not that you were late, it's just the technology failed us. Edgar, how are you doing, buddy? It, it always fails us, my man. Yeah, it's all right. We're good. We're good. It's good to talk to you again, Edgar. <clears throat> we were having a conversation sure. about midseason awards, and they're a little bit absurd, you know, but it kind of gives you a, a, a sort of a gauge, doesn't it? And uh, I think it's interesting that, say, Sports Illustrated, whoever that means, I don't know if it's Andy Staples or whatever, uh, had introduced the name of uh, Brad Stewart as an All-American midseason, which is a bit of a stretch. He certainly had a great game and his interception, but I might have put Donovan Steiner or Chauncey Gardner on that. How about you? No, I would have never put Brad Stewart on that list. Yeah, so I, somebody uh, somebody jumped the gun on that deal, I think. No, look, well, some, you know, I mean, one – look, man. There was a podcast going on, and I, I mean, and, and I don't even care. I mean, look, I, I'm on a bye week. I've had a couple beers, admittedly. Good. You need to have a couple beers. Yeah. So dilly dilly, go. buddy. Dilly dilly. Let's see what we got here. This is the mid-season review of the Gators. Right. I saw okay, it. Hang on. Zach Albaverde, Tate yep. Casey, Nick yep. Delatore, yep. my boy. Thomas Goldcamp, my other boy, right. Graham Hall, Tyler McCall, don't even know who he is, Uncle Silk, Dan Thompson, Dave Waters. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. The Tate Casey, Nick Delatore, and Gold, Thomas Goldcamp are the only three guys who have even gone to one road game. The Gators have been on the road three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. The rest of these guys, it's a bunch of couch tweeters who – you know, they've never asked a question in their freaking life. I mean, yeah. Zach has and Graham. Yeah, I mean, Zach I wish, and Graham are my boys. I kind of wish Graham hadn't yeah. asked a question, to yeah. be honest. 
I mean, great kid, but I mean, I like him. Like, shut up and listen. Uh, I like. He's an old head, though. I think for a young guy. But anyway, go ahead. I get your point. The point Uh, I'm making is, man. I mean, look. The fact is, you know, yeah. I mean, let's talk the Gators. I mean, these people can go listen to that podcast. I got. I'll tell you anything you want to hear. And I'm actually going to games. I'm actually writing about games. I'm asking questions. And in fact, there's no one asking more questions than I am at these deals. Yeah. So, so you're ticked off about like, this. Not you, saying I'm like Gary Danielson breaking down the game. Yeah. But the fact is, just quit. Will people quit like making like comments, assumptions, this, that, and the other who aren't even around the team? Well, I, 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 I understand your point. Man. And let me just yeah. inject this in here and tell you that I agree with you. But I'd like to hear all comments. And one thing on this show I try to do, and that's why I love having you on and try to give you as much time as I can, is because you do, you do our boots on the ground work. You do the hard work. You get the information. You ask the questions. Hard work. No, 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 no. It is hard work. Listen, don't tell me I've done it. It's pounding the beat. Okay, pounding the beat is not a glamorous job. It's waiting on athletes, press conferences. And, 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 you know, and getting your work done. And you do it. You are steady at it, my friend. And that's why I like having you on because when I ask you a question, it's based, it's founded in, in research and fact and a little opinion. I'm sure, of course. I just think, and here's what Roger Burns says all the way from Ninbo, China. He says, Edgar speaks directly. I like that. He says. So, uh, yeah, I saw that list. It was pointed out to me by Chad and said, there's a couple of names missing off there, and I knew who he was talking about, and you would be one, and there'll be others that are missing off there. But hey, I'm not a big guy. Be, I don't even want to be on. No, that I don't podcast. either. I don't either. My my whole point is show up and like know what you're talking about, and I'm not saying those people can't watch and get more, mm-hmm. buddy. Here, I'll get my, I'll get your listeners into like what I deal with at a game. Okay. By the way, just I so thought, you know, just to interrupt you, there are 48 or 49 people listening to you right now, okay, here on this program. There'll be more than 50. Who is? There, there were 47 or 48 people listening to you live, okay? Plus another, by the time this this, po- this podcast airs tomorrow, there will be 5,000 reaches, whatever that means, and close to 2,000 right. views, okay? So some people are listening to what you're saying, Edgar. Well, I mean, I sound like a curmudgeon, and I'm out well, of are. One. Yes, but the point is, it's like, you know, show up, ask questions, mm-hmm. make the effort. Yep. I'm sure you can get more from like the sofa than I can, because I'll tell you, you want to know what our you you want to know what it's like to cover a game anymore, because the deadlines. And the expectations now to get something online immediately. I'm watching the Vanderbilt game. Like, I don't know if your fans can see me, but I'm like typing, looking up, typing, looking up, typing, looking up. I can't like watch a bunch of pre-snap stuff. I'm not like doing all that. I can't. Because I have to follow 800, I followed 832 words at the end of the game. Literally, the Vanderbilt game's ending at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm filing, you know, 800 and whatever words because that's the online product. And then you come back afterward and you 
you know, update with quotes and maybe change around a few sentences and that's it. And you move on and you write three things we learn. You download videos. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's what it is now. So some people see more things than I do. But in my opinion, if you are around the team, you're talking to the coach. I was on the SEC teleconference today. You know how many people on What'd that? What But you know how many people on this like so-called like you know panel were on that call asking questions? Oh, probably twenty-five. Zero. There was not one of those guys that. Oh, I thought you meant total people reporters. Okay, yeah. No. no. Who was this? This so-called panel. No, I, mean, I get it. I get it. You're I, in a, you're I in a just, pissed off mood, Edgar. I know why because what you're. I'm not in a pissed yeah, off. Yeah, you are. You are. You are pissed. It's okay. It's I'm okay. Just to be tired off. of people who think they're experts. I get it, and I know what you're going to say. They take a tweet, they write a story off of it. I just that, want somebody to show up and ask a question. Well, I agree. I can't be at all of them. Uh, I do try to go to a few press conferences. Well, not you. But um, I'm just saying in general, I want to see, you know. What you're saying is be informed. Try to be informed, right? Exactly. And you so can't I'm read Twitter and be informed. informed. you got to do ask questions. Ask questions. I'm ready yeah. to inform. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, people got questions for you. You going to answer some? Yeah, give them to me. Well, let me ready. give you a couple. Let's say uh, here's Kevin who says, I love to piss off Edgar. So there you go. <laughs> here, I got a Mick Ultra going here. Well, buddy. there you go, buddy. Uh, uh, all right, here's one. Do you think the offensive line has gelled? That's from Cortland Fouché. I think it's improving. I don't know if it's totally gelled. Um, I definitely think it's coming along. And we're going to find out against Georgia. But... Martez Ivy, shockingly, just has not improved like I thought. Imagine he would. if he had a, just a good year and not a great year. No, I mean I, he just hasn't improved like I thought he's he got would. worse. I mean, in my a lot of people, a lot of people think he's a guard. That's what a I'm lot beginning of to think they're right. Yeah, a lot of people think he's a guard. He whiffs his man. Taylor. I've seen him whiff his man on numerous occasions. He misses his block. He sometimes jump. He's had a lot of how many how many penalties he had this year. Probably oh. three or four at least, half, right? Half dozen, half dozen. Yeah, or whatever. And and you know, and yet on the other hand, you got guys like Heggie who come in there and play one game and make a huge difference. And you even got other guys on the offensive line who played really well against Vanderbilt the second half. Names that we had not Taylor and guys like that, you know, who are who are starting this show. And there's Ivy who hasn't gotten a bit better. Yeah, Ivy has not improved very much. Yeah. But I do think he's maybe miscast as a left tackle. Jawan Taylor at right tackle. So Walter Camp, do you know that website, the Walter Camp yeah, website? Yeah, I know. I know like just mock Camp. drafts and things? Yeah, I mean, I know who Walter Camp was, naturally. So. Okay, well, there's a website, Walter Camp Football. Yeah. And they do, like, mock drafts, things like that. Right, right, right. So in 2016, seven, it was, must have been 17, early. It was like September of last year, okay? So we're talking, what, 14 months ago, 13 months ago? Right. They did a mock draft, which is absurd. But anyway, point is, for 19. And they had Chauncey Gardner, the ninth pick, okay? Mm -hmm. They had Jabari Zuniga, the 28th pick. 
You know who the 21st pick in that draft was? Who? Jawan Taylor. Really? So. Uh, well, how did he get so good all of a sudden? Yeah. I know he's gotten graded out pretty good the last few weeks. But what, think, what has he done? No, is, hold, I, on, hold on. Let me continue, and, right. I, and I will shut up, and, and you, you chime in, please. But Jabari Zaniga, Jabari Zaniga is okay. He's not a first-round pick. Chauncey Gardner certainly is looking like an incredibly versatile player who tackles well, fills lanes, blitzes. He could be a first-round pick. Ja'Kai Polite is, looks like a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. But Jawan Taylor, man, are you kidding me? This guy's blowing assignments, getting penalties every week. And, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great kid. He's a big, nice, jovial young man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have nothing against him personally. And Dan Mullen was asked about him specifically on the teleconference today. Mm-hmm. He said he is graded out on two of seven games. I saw that. Your tweet. So here's my thing. This kid thinks he might be ready to leave this year. This kid isn't ready even to be a, a dominant defensive mm-hmm. or offensive lineman next year. So these kids need to get reality. Checks. Rat poison. Rat poison. I'm calling it rat poison. Yeah. So anyway, Dan Mullen today to basically throw him under the bus. I mean, not like, oh, he sucks, but he's like he has a long way to yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so what I'm saying is this offensive line, that might be their best offensive lineman other than Hagee. And he's grading out well in two of seven performances. This offensive line has been really a Achilles heel, to be honest. They've overcome it. They've overcome the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, David Hunter says, Grantham, uh, he said – that's what happened to Zuniga, Polite, and uh, and Steiner regarding uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I know what that's going on. Yeah. I that conversation. Let me ask you, let me get back to a couple other points. Last sure. night we had a couple of conversations about these Gators, uh, whether they can have a so-called great year if they don't beat Georgia. They certainly can have a really, really good year. That was one. And secondly, we asked a couple other people, writers, different people, uh, Chris Doring, uh, you know, what particular player – has surprised you the most uh, is a the biggest surprise as a success, and you might have guessed some uh, of some of them. But if I said to you name me one player who's the biggest surprise in terms of a positive influence on this team, and don't make it the quarterback, who would it be? Mm, biggest surprise this year has been. I'm not going to take too long here. Um, P. Ryan. Yeah. By the way, who was all over him beginning of the year? You and Buddy. We were all over P. Ryan. We agreed. I, I like P. Ryan a lot. Yeah. He surprised everyone else um, in terms of, you know, someone who surprised me. Because right. I thought P. Ryan was better than Scarlet three three years ago. I mean, Thomas Goldcamp, I argued about him all the time. Yeah. And it was like, I think, a more natural runner, better pass catcher, you know, just a smoother, yeah. more instinctive guy. But in terms of a guy who surprised me the most, let's yeah. see. Um, I mean, you know, who, who I can't, I can't, I mean, I, I got to be honest. You know who surprised me? Who? Tommy, Tommy Townsend. 
How about, well, he certainly surprised a bunch of people that fake punt, that's for sure. Tommy Townsend was going to be good, yeah. even close to his brother. Yeah. I, I watched him in the spring game. I'm like, oh, my God, he's not very good. He had a horrible punt against LSU, and then he hits a 70-yarder the next one. He looked faster than, like, half the guys on the offense last week running that punt. Yeah. I think, I, honestly, I think Tommy Townsend has been my biggest surprise. Yeah. All right, let, me, let me give you a name that someone threw out here. We mentioned it last night. Um, we, uh, we, we gave a couple of names that uh, came up last night. But someone brought up the name Freddie hey, Swain. Give me a couple. Freddie Swain. It was uh, really been a surprise. Oh, Otis, he's been a surprise. Yeah, he's really he's been a factor, you know. But like um, every week, he isn't a factor, and every week Tommy Townsend has been a factor. Well, that's kind of unfair because uh, Tommy Tommy gets to put the punt. The ball, you know, four or five times a game. It is unfair, but he touches the ball. Well, he's done a great job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he hasn't. It's hard for me to put a kicker, a punter, a punter up there, though, like that. I I mean, I love Freddie Swain. I think he's been terrific. He had a great punt return the other day. He's been awesome. Yeah. I'd put there. That's fine. I'll take Freddie Swain. I love Freddie Swain. Yeah. I'm not running him down at all. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. um, Okay. So Lynn says, ask Grumpy Edgar. His thoughts, how Buchanan has held up at center. Well, I tell you, I wish, what was what was the name? Uh, at, uh, Lynn. That was one of our top guys. Is uh, that a Lynn? Ask about, yeah, Lynn Tindall. Ask about uh, how. Uh, Lynn Tindall, I like Lynn. Yeah, he's good man, good football man. Buchanan, how's he held up? I mean, Lynn probably knows better than I, because I'll tell you, as I said before, I mean, I'm filing like a lot at the end. So to watch the nuances of blocking or pre-snap, I'm just watching plays. You're man. a grinder, man. That's what it is. I know what it's like to grind. I see you. It's, I know what you're doing. Grinding and writing and looking up and catching stuff. But every now and then you pull your head up and you stop and think about something. No, you, I do. I don't and, think that. I, I like it better when you do that. I mean, sometimes, back, one thing about this show, it gives you opportunity to pull back and say, now. Let's talk about these three running backs. Who's the best? Nick Buchanan has not been the weak link. I'll say that. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to me that this kid was never even getting on. I mean, he played, he, he played and like, I mean, I wish I had the, I actually had the media guy here. Let's look. He yeah. had like three appearances his whole career. Yeah. It's, how does a guy get to be a red shirt junior? I mean, this is this is a great example of Dan Mullen development. That was I mean, the other point that we talked about. The things that which one of the biggest things is it that Mullen has done the best? Is it been his play calling, his player development, or his coaching of the quarterback? Which one is the best thing he's done? Okay, Nick Buchanan appeared last year in the UAB game. Two years ago, he played in two games. He's played three freaking games his entire freak career at UF. Mm-hmm. Nick Buchanan, okay, had played three games, yeah. appearances. These weren't even like starts. And he's been the starting center seven times for a team ranked 11th in the nation mm-hmm. and certainly has some issues in the offensive line. But he has not been a glaring issue. Yeah. So... It's like, where was the player development before? I mean, you know, well, Moral Stevens. We talked about Moral Stevens last last podcast or last uh, Skype deal. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. last the, buddy the Martin show. Goes yeah. On yeah. man, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I can you know give me some questions next time, and I could prepare, prepare notes. Well, I, well, we can do that, Edgar. But we like it better when you're spontaneous. Let me get sure, back. But to the you. point is, I mean, he develops guys. Well, no, and Edgar, Edgar, we have covered that aspect of Dan Mullen a thousand times since last February, and there are the things that we said the Florida coach needs to do, and one of them was fix the offense. Another one was develop the players and you know, to rebuild the program and a coach, and obviously coach the quarterback. And he has done all three of those things, and that's why he's six and one. And by the way, is also nominated one of 20 coaches for the Bear Bryant Award. Did you see that today? No, but he should be. I yeah. mean, if I had to rank the coaches, Stoops would be one. He's in there. There's 20 of them. No, SEC, SEC. Well, okay. Well, he's on SEC. the list of the uh, Bear Bryant Award, all right? SEC Coach of the Year right yep. now is Mark Stoops, yep. Dan Mullen, yep. Ed Orgeron, Jimbo Fisher. That's okay. my three. That's pretty good. Or my four. Yep. But I, I would say Orgeron and Mullen are neck and neck till we see. I mean, Mullen's beaten Orgeron, but let's see how it plays out. But yep. those are the four – guys who have like really coached i mean look saban's always the coach of the year I mean, well like, no he's not always yeah, well no. it's like it's like phil jackson won nba coach of the year one time yeah. i mean the guy won 11 titles or whatever it was but yeah. look here's my thing with dan mullen is he's out schemed two teams mississippi state and lsu who should have beaten them he out schemed mississippi state mississippi state has given up 12 points 13 points a game and Mullen scored 13, which was enough. And then LSU, I mean, Gary Danielson, I wrote a story last week on Mullen's play calling. He was just raving about that, like, option play, how he just figured out that they were playing, they were, like, shading over to the one side, and he went the other way, the short side. And But it, it wasn't just an option play. You played football. I was a, I was a – I was an option quarterback, by the way, just so you know. And it was more than an option play. It was like a fake option and then an option. Had a wrinkle to it. You know, and, and if the, if the, if the DB or linebacker or defensive lineman bit on the fake, they had him on the pitch. That gave the running back a step. So that was a little different wrinkle than just an option play. So Danielson's point was, yeah, okay, cool. So I like that. So Danielson's point was once that had effectiveness, then Aranda was always a step behind the rest of the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dan Mullen has shown some brilliance as a coach this year. I mean, he really has. Yes, he has. It, it has been, Play calling has been great. After the Kentucky game, I was on your, your, on your yeah. deal there. I mean, what do we call this? A Skype show? A podcast? What do you call this? This is actually a Facebook Live show. Okay, it's a, a so Facebook, yeah, it's a Facebook it's a live show. Facebook live. It's the trend that a lot of people are doing now instead no, of radio. Good. Mm -hmm. This is good. But the point is, we thought, or I thought, God, this team is like, are they even going to make a bowl? I mean, what the heck? Well, Kentucky's turned out to be good. We've talked about this a number of times. But my Lord, they are going to play their fourth or third ranked team in four games coming up. And I, I seriously give them a very good chance to beat Georgia. And if, if the Gators do that, you know, Georgia can go to Kentucky and beat them, and then suddenly the Gators are going to Atlanta if they take care of business. I mean, it's not a given. I mean, South Carolina is no give me. 
Missouri's no gimme. But look, they beat Georgia and the crowd at the swamp November 3rd against Missouri is going to be suffocating. And then it's going to be even bigger for Boom. I mean, right when Boom comes back to town, they are going to absolutely be going nuts. Well, and then then you got Florida State. Yeah. Which has a lot of talent still, but is being so poorly coached, apparently. Right. I mean, this is a, this team could win for 11. I get it. I, you didn't hear the opening of the show when I said, let your, let your belief be system be suspended just for a minute here. Okay. And think about this. Let's dream a little bit. And by the way, we said this last spring and some people thought we were pumping sunshine. And we said, no, watch well, what this I, can... I, I thought we were pumping sunshine because they hadn't... I didn't know anything, but Dan Mullen has proven... Well, I'm, 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 you know, and I didn't say I knew anything. I just, it was just a feeling that we had on this show that this was going to be a pretty good... Now, granted, when they lost to Kentucky, we revised our GPS a little bit. But here's what I want to say about that, is that let yourself go for a second and say, hey, what if? What if? All right? What if Florida beats Georgia... What if Florida, okay, runs a table, all right? And you say, don't be ridiculous, buddy. That could never happen. Well, six and one could never happen either. So if you just say, when do you have a leap of faith and say, yeah, this team is good enough to do this, they could win out. Now, am I saying they will? No. But allow yourself to think about that for a second. Talk about a remarkable turnaround. That would be incredible. I mean, look, buddy, I have been a skeptic from day one. Not about Dan Mullen, but about this team. I didn't think that Felipe Franks, and I still question Felipe Franks long term. I do. I like him. How long is the term going to be, by the way? Because it's seven games. No, no, long term. Like, you know, you, a you year mean two from years? Now. He's a redshirt sophomore. He's got two I years. I know, but I mean, I mean, long term. I mean, look, the kids played seven games, and they're six and one. So I think he's got a little bit of a notch on his gun right barrel right now. He has had some success. I get what you're saying. You're not willing, like a lot of people, to buy in on Felipe Franks. I haven't I'd, bought in totally on Franks. No, a lot of people haven't. You know what? No, and this look, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to lose one somewhere, and they'll say, see, I told you so. No, no, I told no, you no. he wasn't a guy. Yeah, they will, Andrew. You know that's true. But no, 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 This is, that isn't why I'm saying I'm not saying you. I said most people would say that. Well, see, I, I told I, you that, right? Can I just break down my skepticism on Frank's, please? Just yeah. quickly. I'll do it fast. Go ahead. Okay. So, LSU interception in the end zone. Where there was no his worst mistake. Involved. That was his worst mistake. No one in the end zone. Yep. I know. Um, taking sacks against Vanderbilt, I didn't think he needed to take. And that fumble, which Mullen even called terrible. A tip pass, okay, a tip mm-hmm. pass happens. But Mullen, I blame for that. I mean, you're, why are you calling on second one from the two? A pass. Okay? I like the call. I, it. I like the call. I didn't like it. The tip it's pass like, for crying out loud. It happens. I like it, was, it. You got nine yards on, on first down. Okay. I was a, uh, maybe, look, sometimes you got to give them what they're not expecting. It was clever, but it didn't work. Yeah. All right. Well, do they all work? Nobody bats a thousand. 
Okay, so here, no, Mullen's been great. I'm not ripping Mullen. Yeah, you are. You just ripped him. No, I didn't like the call, but I'm saying I, I think Mullen's been terrific. I mean, Mullen seriously would be my coach of the year in the, in the SEC right now. Mullen who? Ahead, ahead of Stoops even. Okay. Because I think that Mullen inherited a foreign seven team that no one thought had a quarterback, had a offensive line, had a mediocre defense with three returning starters, yeah. didn't have a kicker, lost the punter, you lost a third-team All-American kicker and second-team All-American punter. I mean, I'm saying if you looked at what they lost, they they had three returning starters on defense. Do so I need to repeat it? They lost record-setting guys at the specialist position. Their special team stunk. Franks was a disaster. The offensive line was incapable of, like, doing anything. And he's turned the offensive line into competent. Frank's into competent. The backfield looks good. The receivers with the transfers and all that looks very strong. And the defense looks really good. And the specialists are good. I mean, McPherson is, he isn't as good as Panero yet. Give him time. But he's hes missed like one field goal, and it was a questionable miss. And Townsend isn't his brother, but he's good. So suddenly it's like he's answered all these issues and his play calling, his like timing, his just like ability to get the most out of these kids, the commitment, the off season program, it's been it's been unbelievable. I mean, this guy is is been unbelievable. He's earning I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this because I think the salaries in college football are obscene, but he's earning his six point one million dollars. And I think Dan Mullen has been unbelievable. And he's been great to deal with, and I have not a negative word to say. All and coming right. to this season, I was like, we'll see. you know. And then after Kentucky, it's like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? Yeah, we've so, been following your comments, I know. Real. But you come around. You come around to thinking it. And I'm going to read these quotes, and i got to go because i got two people who are saying about waiting. I'd like to stay on here with you for another hour if we had the time, but we don't. Uh, today, Mon said, this comes from your story too, or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, he said, uh, I like how we come together as a team. Our guys are learning how to go play the team game. If you this look at, today. yeah, yes, yesterday, today, yeah. If you look at how we won football games, we haven't won it with just defense. We haven't won it with just offense. We've found several different ways to win games and we've done it as a full team. That should not be something lost. That is so true. This is a good team. It may be a better team, you may laugh at me, team than Georgia. I'm not laughing at all. I think Dan Mullins, I I mean, literally, I mean, it's like people are going to, like, make fun of me who, like, actually watch, watch this or hear about it, but. I think, I mean, like I said, I think he is the leading candidate for SEC Coach of the Year. He inherited a dumpster fire, to use Mm -hmm. that expression, and he has gotten these young men to, I mean, Tyree Cleveland is the incredible example. Tyree Cleveland hasn't done very much this year. Except special teams, he's been great. In fact, I'm going to look this up, and then I'll let you go. 
But let's see what Tyree Cleveland's done this year. He's caught about five balls, and he's made a bunch of – he's a gunner. He's probably caught more than that, well, but let's see. I, I'm going to say much more. maybe six. But let's see what he's done. All right. But – because – and then we'll leave you on this thought. All right. Tyree Cleveland, to me, is the poster child of this team. Unfortunately, my internet is so crappy with Cox, and I'm good friends with this guy at Cox. I mean, we like play golf and do all this. It's ridiculous. I mean, how bad this the internet is here. But Tyree Cleveland has caught. Just stick with me, buddy. Six balls. Do you I'm have guessing. it? No, I'm just saying. That I'm guessing. Okay, he caught the thirty or a touchdown at, at Tennessee, which was kind of mop up time. Yeah. I swear to God, man. Cox Communication. Well, we'll look it up. Someone will get it on there. I got it right here. They need to go out of business. They need to go out of business. His job as a special teams uh, player has been, he's been invaluable. Uh, He's got great speed. That's what I'm pointing out. I mean, you're you're, you're like jumping. I'm sorry. 11 catches, 120. He's got 11. I stood wrong. I didn't think he had 11 catches. Two scores. Okay. This kid is the best special teams player on Florida. He's going to play on Sunday, too, by the, the way. The best. He has recovered a punt in the end zone. He stopped the guy at the five in LSU game that led to a score. Yeah. He has been – that's buy-in, man. That's like, look, man, you, want to, you don't want to be part of a team yeah. or you want to be yourself. You want to go to the NFL, Tyree, you know, and, and just be selfish, or do you want to be part of a team – because if you're part of a team that wins, you get to the NFL. And then it's up to you from that point. And he's part of a team that's winning. And, I mean, Tyree Cleveland will probably go to the NFL. And I think that he is uh, really the epitome of what Dan Mullen's done at the, on for this team. Edgar, uh, I love you. You've been great. I've got to go. But thank you so much. Great All stuff, right, man. Uh, I'll talk, have a good off week, and I'll talk to you hopefully same time next week. It'll be great. We'll do it. Edgar man. Thompson from the Orlando Sentinel. You can read him on Twitter. Nice. Can, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. See you, man. All right. Yeah, I like Edgar. I like Edgar. Edgar brings it. Uh, and no, he, he he's that way all the time, whether he's drinking beer or not. Uh, he says what he thinks. And uh, what I like about Edgar is. It's based in fact and research. He works, excuse my French, his ass off getting information. I'm telling you, I know what that's like. So I appreciate that about Edgar, all right? Uh, so let me just tell you a couple things here. Uh, let's tell you about our... Uh, Uh, which is the first time I had it on. This is just a Circle GNK shirt, and I've got more in the back. And uh, if you want to get one, 
Well, go to allfarsportrait.com and check it out. There's a variety. Of, there's some elite shirts in there now. If you're an elite member, uh, you can get those. I wore one of those last night. So check them out. Tony's doing a great job for us here for Gator Nation Kingdom. All Flowers Portswear to get your, your hot new T-shirt. It's, uh, it's terrific. I love the fabric. All right. And also I want to tell you about Mark's Prime. I uh, like talking about Mark's Prime. I like looking at this picture of Mark's Prime, don't you? Mark's Prime, of course, is one of my favorite restaurants in the universe. Steakhouse and Seafood located in Ocala and Gainesville. There are two locations to serve you. Gainesville, you can call for reservations. By the way, I'll be there Friday night. Three five in Ocala, three five two three three six zero zero seven seven is the number for uh, Gainesville in Ocala. Three five two four zero two zero zero nine seven. Uh, go find out what people talk about the unique dining experience they have there. Their fresh seafood, their premium wines, their naturally fresh vegetables, terrific beef, uh, and just one of the best places you'll ever go. Check it out, MarksPrimeSteakhouse.com. They'll give you a unique dining experience. All right, and uh, so we will uh, also remind you folks that uh, we do this thing called the Quarterback Club. We want to tell you about that. We'll tell you about it later, but we'll have Tony Barnhart there on the 7th of this of November, and Tony will be joining us uh, to speak to our club. Well, there are still some memberships open at the Ocala Quarterback Club. Check them out, uh, and we meet every Wednesday night um, at the uh, – at the Elks Lodge in Ocala. If you want any more information about it, you can contact me, PM me. Uh, you can come as a guest if you know somebody. In fact, if you want to go, I could probably arrange that. Uh, and all you do is pay for your food. And by the way, I think it's steak night. Those delicious steaks that they make there at the Elks Club, Ocala Quarterback Club is a special place to be if you like to talk football and you like to celebrate football. And we appreciate the support of our club uh, from people like Frank Cannon, a bull gator who's been supporting our club and marketing program Dan, from Ocala Orthopedic and uh, Danny Williams is one of our club champions as well. Uh, so uh, you want to check that out too. Uh, and uh, so anyway, that's the deal. All right. We talked earlier to Tony Barnhart this morning about, well, this afternoon actually about this Florida Georgia series. Out to the hotline to talk to our good friend and the uh, the scribe who covers Florida, Georgia every year. It used to be an old slogan at the Journal-Constitution, covers Dixie like to do. Uh, back when I worked there, when Tony worked there, they changed that. But Tony covers Florida, Georgia like to do. Uh, and he's back again this year. I'm going to take a guess here and say this is probably, I don't know, like number thirty-five or thirty-eight. How many years have you covered this game? Yeah, it, it's in that it's in that ballpark, buddy. I I, I have not missed the only ones I've missed since nineteen eighty-four mm-hmm. uh, when I came to Atlanta, back to Atlanta in eighty-four as a beat guy. I've been to every one except for I think I missed three because I was working for CBS and mm-hmm. CBS wanted to be in studio yeah. when Georgia was playing Florida. And so I've been to every one since 1984 except for three. Yeah. Well, they kind of get fuzzy. I mean, we could go back. I, I would hate to count the number I've covered, but some are close to the 40s, <clears throat> 45 or so. And it, you can go easily to the games like Run Lindsay and all those games that we all know about, but there's so many chapters and subchapters 
in this series that you and I could talk for two days and not get them all. And we've seen to go, you know, this thing has swung one way in Vince Dooley's time and one way in Spurrier's time and what have you. And now uh, Georgia looks like things are going back its way. However, we'll get to this uh, next time I have you on the show about how the game breaks down a little bit different than what we expected uh, a couple of weeks ago. Before we go there, uh, let's uh, let's talk about the big news. Two big stories. Number one, the varsity's being torn down. That famous restaurant, <laughs> huh? Well, it, there, there were two things. I, I was I was in Athens on Monday, and there, until nineteen, you may not have known this, buddy, but until nineteen seventy eight, there were two varsities in at, in Athens. There was one in the downtown area near the Arch. Uh, at the, the gateway to the University of Georgia, and there was another. The big one was out on Millage, Millage Avenue. Well, the one downtown went away in 1978, and now the one on Millage Avenue is going to be torn down. I had lunch with some people, and the guy who owns all that property is selling it. And he's going to cash in, and so the varsity's got to find a new home. What about the one in Atlanta? <clears throat> the one in Atlanta's been there forever. I, wow. I vividly remember remember going to the Georgia Tech games. I grew up about an hour from Atlanta. But we would go to the games in Athens, of course, but then we'd also go to games at Georgia Tech. And it was a big deal to go to games at Georgia Tech and get to go to the varsity before the game. That was awesome. I was an intern at the Journal-Constitution when I went there the first time, and I walked through that. I told the story a thousand times. I'm sorry if I've told you, but I remember vividly the first time I went in there, and I got two hot dogs to go and a Coke. And I walked up to the line. I said, I like two hot dogs and a Coke. And he said, pair of dogs walking, squirt one. Walking. That's right. <laughs> and, and, and if you had asked for coleslaw or something like that, or they, they said, well, two dogs walking through the garden. There you go. There you right. go. What do you have? What do you have? There you go. Well, so that's one. The second big news story is that Tony Barnhart's coming to my hometown to speak to uh, the Ocala Quarterback Club, November 7th. We can't wait. We've been waiting to get you down here for a long time. Ocala Quarterback Club is looking forward to having you, and that's going to be a fun time uh, to have you there with us on November 7th. And, my goodness, what what will the landscape look like then? We, we will be, let's see, when I join you, buddy, We'll have, I think we'll have the second set of uh, college football playoff rankings then. Hmm. We will be talking about scenarios at the wazoo. Right, exactly. Uh, quick word on uh, the, uh, the the Florida-Georgia or Georgia-Florida game. Uh, it, down here, I know about up there, it's getting back to where people are going to call it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party again. <laughs> and they're saying, you know what, yeah, I'm tired of being politically correct. Uh, I'm sorry that right. things happen as they did to people who drove overindulge, but you can't take our tradition away, and it's going to go back to that. I'm not sure if that's how it is there for you, but there's a lot of sentiment on my show, and I've called it now. I'm calling it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party here. <laughs> well, I remember when that decision was made, and I heard from two people uh, who both told me what was going on and why they were doing it. One was Mike Slide, the SEC commissioner, who asked me not to use it on the air, and then I got a call from my boss at CBS who informed me 
that we would not be using yes. it on the air. Yes. So yes, I have uh, I have a I have a history with that. Yes, but those of us who don't work for big network big networks, we can do what the heck we want to do. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, well, I don't I don't work for CBS. Anymore. No, I know that. No. Uh, yeah, I, uh, but you're an SEC guy, and they're doing the same thing. But that's okay. You still got your column, and you get your your freedom of speech, however you want to do it. And on this show, always right. one little stat. Uh, this is the first time since 2012 both Florida and Georgia have been ranked. It means maybe this game is coming back. Well, I, I think I think it's exciting, and there's, and there's no question that this game looks different than it did back. Let's say back in July, based based on what we knew, what we thought would happen. And I got to tell you, I, I have been extremely impressed with the way that Florida has gotten better and better and better. And I think Dan Mullen's going to get, depends on what happens with some other places, but I think Dan Mullen's going to get a lot of votes for SEC Coach of the Year. Could very well be. And by the way, uh, this is what every coach talks about, wants to get better every week, and Dan Mullen has done that, so his team. But let's save some of that for our football Friday, and we start breaking it down to X's and O in it. Let's talk for a second about a couple of things in the news, not the least of which is uh, some rules infractions. Students running on the field, hundred grand at cost mm-hmm. LSU is one. And secondly, yep. the the new one I, this uh, I learned about was the equivalent of the uh, football equivalent of, uh, of offsetting fouls, which I think is abominable. Let's start with the uh, the LSU situation and hundred thousand dollar fine for running on the field. What are your thoughts about that, Tony? Well, I, I know when I remember when the rule was put into effect, uh, it was a, it was an absolutely a safety issue. And uh, as soon as it happened, I turned to the guy sitting. I was in Baton Rouge. As soon as I turned to the guy next to me, I said, depending on how many this is, that's either fifty or $100,000 right there. And he went, really? So, yeah, no, that, this is a rule that uh, has to be in effect. Um, I've always been a big supporter of it. It's a, I have been down on the field, and it's been a very, very dangerous situation. So I, mm-hmm. uh, LSU, will, I'm sure, will do a GoFundMe and pay the $100,000. But I'm I'm a supporter of the rule. Yeah, and and then um, there's this rule, uh, little known apparently, because a lot of people didn't know it, including Gene Chizik. He said about uh, when a player has a misconduct foul already, and his coaches, the coaches of the two teams, have a confrontation, and the players go on the field, and there's a second unsportsmanlike conduct. The guy with the unsportsmanlike, in this case, Foshan Joseph, is also disqualified. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. I don't know how you feel about that rule, but I think something needs to be done to that rule, Tony. Well, then, then what, what you would have to do is you'd have to do a carve-out for a guy who's already got an unsportsmanlike. I think the officials would tell you don't get, don't get an unsportsmanlike and you don't make yourself vulnerable. I know, the rule is in place for when the bench is empty and you can't possibly write down all the numbers. If you leave the bench area and come onto the field, that is an unsportsmanlike penalty. If everybody leaves the bench, then everybody gets one, and that's the reason that it happened. Now, what you could do is you could carve out uh, an exception for somebody who already had one. You could do that, but the rule's not going away. As a matter of fact, I, I uh, traded messages with Steve Shaw, the supervisor of officials, and that rule was that rule was created for exactly the situation you saw last Saturday. Uh, between Florida and Vanderbilt. It, it took what was a chippy game that was getting out of control and reestablished control of it. 
right. I heard Steve Shaw on Feinbaum's show. I had texted with back and forth with, with Paul. Uh, but I'm going to say this about that, and we'll close this conversation on this part. And that is, it's not the fault of the player that the officials can't see who all's on the field. That's their job. Uh, so since they can't see who it is, they give a blanket indictment. Now, if you, you know, there's got to be some kind of adjustment of some kind so that a player who didn't cause it, I mean, it's not his fault that Derek Mason and uh, Dan Mullen uh, got into a little tiff and that the Vanderbilt team ran out on the field and the Florida players respond. Anyway, I think it's a blanket indictment, which uh, I think has got to be changed. I've talked to two or three people about it, including Chris Doring. The officials I talked to, friends of mine, don't agree with me. They agree with you. They say it was the proper thing. However, I'll say this, and we'll go to something else. The officials let it get out of hand. That was their fault. And it got, at that point in time, they had already lost control. And I know Steve Shaw wants to pat himself on the back and say, well, we did a good job of getting it. Well, you know, Steve, you didn't call a very good game. To be honest with you, there's some, some questionable calls in there. I get it that holding can be called any time. And also, I think they'd already lost control of the game when it happened. But nonetheless, I don't like to talk about officials. I want to talk about football games <laughs> and things, situations. My goodness, this league has certainly gone a bit t- tipsy, uh, topsy-turvy in terms of what's going on. How about tell this LSU Tigers, all of a sudden, the second-best team to Alabama, and maybe better, we'll find out what they play. I was I can't tell you how impressed I've been with LSU. I mean, they, they go to Auburn and win early in the season. Uh, to to win a game like that against Georgia, and they had a great game. And listen, they dominated the game. Okay, they dominated Georgia in that game, and uh, I was just very very impressed. And now you know they got Mississippi State this week. They got to take care of them, but then Alabama comes in for a prime time game, and that is going to be fun to watch. It is. Tony Barnhart, Mister College Football, appreciate it, Tony. the game and talk more about the Georgia team. I want to tell you, the Crown Prince is standing by in Denver. <clears throat> He'll be calling in just a moment. Uh, give me just a moment to talk about Center State Bank. <clears throat> Remind you folks that uh, this is where I bank. This is my bank over on Silver Springs Boulevard. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> they uh, they do two things really well. Actually, they're in the banking business for a reason because they're very good at it. And they also are very big on community service. Uh, you heard me talk about their core values many times, Center State Bank. Uh, they have 82 locations in 30 Florida counties, and they, they talk about their core values being locally market-driven, uh, a long-term horizon on their finances, world-class service, relationship banking, and they're big on faith and family. Uh, I encourage you, if you have an event coming up and you got some time to plan it in 2019, Go and talk to them about their second floor room. It's an art gallery. It's a beautiful office. You can use that facility for special occasions. Uh, and uh, they won't charge you just a cleanup fee. And uh, that's one of the things they've done a great job on uh, in terms of the community. So check them out. Go online to and check out the, pl- the one closest to you. This is the one closest to me in Ocala. You can call them here at 352-368-6800 or go online to CenterStateBank.com. CenterStateBank. Centered on community and customer service. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, lots of conversation yet to come on the um, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. 
Today, Kirby Smart, and of course it's it's coach talk, uh, it says, talking about Florida, says, across the board they have really good football players. says, uh, they always have had. The turnaround doesn't come as a shock to me. Of course, that's coach talk. Um, Mullen's conversation today with Edgar and others talked about playing in big games. You hear coaches say things like, well, that's why we come here. Yeah, of course you do. But there are some times when you want to have a special opportunity to play in a big game, and this is going to be a big one, and the first big one we've had in a long time, and a lot of folks were excited about that, and that includes uh, the Crown Prince himself, who uh, always loved. And when he was just, uh, what, maybe two years old, uh, we, I had the Georgia Florida game on. And where are you, Brendan? There you are. Uh, and he would, he, I would, he would watch. I'd be watching at home. Uh, I was not covering sports then, and uh, we would watch the game. And I'd say, "Go Gators!" And he would say, "Go Gators!" Not you, Georgia. That's his first at age two and a half. His first real anti-Georgia chant brings in Brendan Martin, the Crown Prince now from uh, Denver. You look awfully dark, by the way. The Crown Prince is getting a lot of negative publicity over there in the, over in the Mideast right now. Well, I have a little bit of beef with it. I'll turn on some light here. I was trying to show the backdrop here in my room with a view on the 12th floor nice. live from Denver, Denver, Colorado. Nice. There we go. I got a little yeah. light on this situation. How's it going? Hey, by the way, if you're not out there having a little dilly-dilly, hey, yeah. dilly-dilly to you. Because, you know, yeah. I, just, I just got off of work and I grabbed a drink on the way up to the room. Did you? Uh in a nice room tonight here. Uh huh. Here we go down the at the uh, at the plaza down here in uh, downtown Denver. Yeah. Uh, How is downtown Denver uh, looking these days? It is uh, growing bigger and faster than uh, you and I would ever believe. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, the Crown Prince. I'm going to have to little talk about that. I was listening to it today. I don't know what he's calling SBK, SBJ, BSA, whatever it is. I'm the original. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So, who do you if think he is, Saudi anyway, right? Home, yeah. If that little Saudi Arabia little guy wants to, you know, mm. take me on, I tell you what, wow. I got more people in the GNK than he's got in his little party. Wow, you're so feeling it tonight, me. I can tell, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for All your right. name now, but I can't find it. Um, yeah, so... Uh, All right, I'm the crown. Hey, Brent. Yeah, I think people kind of know who you are. Uh, Edgar, Edgar came out tonight and was kind of pissed off. And uh, at some other people who had opinions that were throwing opinions out there, he felt like were uninformed. Uh, and uh, he'd had a couple of pops, but he's said he just gets tired of people who never go out and report anything, never go to an out-of-town game or a press conference and sit back and pontificate on podcasts and things as being experts. Uh, and I said, well, I get some of that. And I said, uh, I don't get, I don't travel with the team anymore. I, but I try to stay informed. Uh, you know, I keep up. I read. I go to press conferences on Mondays. I go to home games, etc. But uh, you know, I probably won't go to Florida, Georgia. Uh, so, but uh, Edgar was feeling a little bit uh, put off tonight. By there's a big, some kind of big podcast tonight with about twelve people on it. And he says, I don't care about being there. But he says, uh, I'm tired of people who are like, you know grabbing a tweet and writing a story. I think I'm quoting him right. You know what I'm saying. So Edgar was in rare form tonight. Are you there? I think you're frozen, Brendan. Looks to me like we've lost you. Yeah, we have. We've lost Brendan. 
Well, we'll try one more time to reach him. Looks like his hotel Wi-Fi is not working the best in the world. We'll give him one more chance to see if he can make this thing work and uh, see if we can't get a hold of the Crown Prince. He works for a communications company, and uh, he goes on the road occasionally, which, of course, he hates to do because he has a young family at home. Uh, and uh, so uh, Brendan is uh, calling in tonight from uh, Colorado, his uh, his old home place. Uh, so it looks like we've lost Brendan. I don't see him anywhere on the screen. And uh, so we're going to have to either resolve this or we're going to have to figure out how to do it. Let me see if I can try one more time, all right? Probably his Wi-Fi is gone, more than likely. And his screen is frozen. Let's see what happens here one more time. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It could be mine. You never know. Uh, yeah, the screen is not working. The Wi-Fi is not working. So it looks like we're going to have to call it a night with Brendan here. He'll check in maybe tomorrow night, and uh, we will uh, we will uh, we'll catch up with him. Uh, I'll see you on the morrow. Uh, we got some good guests tomorrow night. Zach Albovardi will be on. Uh, we're also going to have uh, Mick Huber on Friday, Football Friday. Uh, got some other special guests we'll have to be bringing on as well. So uh, check back with us in. Uh, sorry we couldn't uh, hear the Crown Prince, uh, but uh, sometimes this technology does that kind of thing, doesn't it? It's crazy. Uh, good show tonight and enjoyed it. Um, Edgar's my man. You might sometimes think he's a little crazy, but I like that about him. I think he's... Uh, He's a little bit different, and a guy that uh, he brings it when he comes on, works hard, and uh, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to have all my guests. I think that's a great guest. I'll say good night, folks. Have a good night. Are you done? Yeah, I'm bad internet. Um, I got you know hotel hotel internet. It's bad. All right, I tried. Oh yeah, it's a long flight. It's fine. You're taking on Graham a little bit?
No, it's good for the show. Well, that's the thing, and I think that's good for Edgar to say it. You still, you still had your audience, and you know what? Their podcasts suck and win, so let them have their podcasts. Guys, there was a guy in there tonight. Said there was a guy in there tonight. Said, "Oh yeah, I heard about your podcast." So anyway, whatever. Yeah, they, 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 the audience knows. They know that you're a sucker. 